0: Love
1: Talk Radio. All right, we are having some issues on this show, but uh, this is the fun of live radio. It happens. So every time I try to call him, he tries to call me, and I am have to apologize for really bad for this, but one of the kids pressed a button, so I don't even know if anybody's heard anything we said today. So, but I can hear you. That's weird.
2: That is, yeah. Um,
1: so, all right. No, it's... Okay, I haven't pressed it, so... Alright, take 50 Chucky, are you there?
0: Yes, I am
1: Okay, I'm so sorry uh, There's something wrong with our on our, our, our end about this But how are you doing, Chucky?
0: I'm doing good, how are you? I'm
1: uh, doing good uh, So what was it like with your first spring training With the Houston Astros?
0: Uh, it was cool You know um, You mean last year was my first spring training So you mean talking about I know, last
1: year Were you in camp or, last year?
0: Uh, yeah, I went to, I went to spring training last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it was cool. I really didn't know what to expect. You know, uh, you just hear, you know, that spring trains are grind and, you know, there's, there's so much to do, but I had a really good experience. My my first year, um, is really just kind of knocking the rust off and, uh, getting back in the flow of things. So, uh, I I had a great experience.
1: Uh, so what's the uh, – I know this is your second year, but what's the biggest adjust, adjustment between college and um, professional pitching?
0: Um, I would say the biggest difference is uh, day in and day out. You know, you see the best college pitchers, you know, whereas in college, you know, on a Friday night, on a Friday night you see a guy, you know, throwing – you know, throwing low 90s, mid 90s with some with some nasty stuff, right? You know, and then maybe maybe you run into a closer that's that's pretty dirty. But on those Saturdays and Sundays, you you don't run into those guys. But on pro ball, you know, everybody's that Friday night guy, and you know you just have to make that adjustment.
1: So, um last year I see that you kinda of stole some bases. Uh you stole seven bases. Was that um are you do you consider yourself a fast catcher or is that just um by luck?
0: Oh not at all I'm not fast at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I just kinda I run with my mind a little bit. You know, me not being fast, uh pitchers kinda take that for granted and they just kinda they right. don't they don't pay any attention to me. So half like most of the bases, I, I sold seven bases, six of them I didn't even have to slide on, you know. So oh. that's just me taking taking advantage of of a pitcher, uh, you know, not showing respect. So,
2: hey Chucky, um, this is this is Brett Chancy. Um, you know, thanks for coming on. I wanted to I wanted to tap into kind of the background that you come from. I did some checking up on you and found out that you're basically a third-generation um, baseball player, that, that your father and your grandfather um, also, also played um, some minor league ball. Um, how much does that, being in your past, do you think played into your success, or do you feel like that was more of an encouragement and you kind of charted your own path? Um, what would you say that –
0: that did for you in your career so far? Um, I would say them, you know, them both uh, playing minor league ball and, and being, you know, ball players and, and, and baseball people, that it definitely was uh, influential, you know, in my life. And with my development, you know, I always had, you know, two guys, my dad and my grandpa, to, to work with me, you know, as as a kid. And then as I got older, my grandpa kind of took me under his wing a little bit. And um, even till this day, you know, we still, we still hit. You know, that's that's my trainer in the off season, my grandpa, and like he knows my swing inside and out. And then I always have my dad too, who knows the game as well. So I mean, it, it was a big. Um, it's just a blessing to have both of them. You know, two baseball minds. You know, always, always there to kind of go to, you know, because they they understand the you know the grind of of the minor leagues, and they understand baseball, you know, so it's always good to have them there uh, to have my back. And then as far as, you know, p- picking baseball, like, as my sport, I, there was no pressure at all. You know, growing up, I played soccer, I played basketball, I played football, and they, they were um, they were supporting me in, in all the sports. And baseball just, I don't know, I just gravitated to baseball, you know, so I was good at it and I had fun playing it, so – I just kind of gravitated towards
2: it, yeah, that's awesome i um i just I think that's neat when when you can have a father, a grandfather to look up to to you know guide you give you give you the ins and the outs. one of the things I wanted to ask you also um I noticed at southern Mississippi, it seems like you you began to shoot up everybody's radar, and as a prospect your um your junior year when you hit you know um two eighty eight with seven home runs with 44 RBIs in those 59 games. And one of the things I noticed was your half season in the minors with the Valley cats and your full season, um, at at quad cities, you pretty much hit the same average, um, 275, 274, which shows that you have a um, sustainability, you know, to, 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 um, to, um, increase. And what do you think is the key behind your power increase in 2017?
0: Um, I will contribute all that to, um, just being on plane a little bit more, you know, I've always been a a strong guy, you know, uh, but my, my bat plane was a little inconsistent. So, you know, I would hit the ball hard, like my exit veto off the bat would be, would be high, but I wasn't hitting the ball at the right angle. So it doesn't do any good if I'm hitting the ball, you know, a hundred, a hundred, five hundred ten off the bat, but it's, you know, into the ground. So uh 2017, you know, I just worked with the staff on, you know, getting in plane and getting my body in the right position, you know, to hit the ball in the air a little bit more. And that definitely paid off. You know, I hit 15 home runs in the regular season, and four in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, just getting my body in the right position and, you know, hitting the ball in the air and, and trying to do damage on, you know, pitches in the middle of the zone definitely, definitely helped me with my power numbers.
1: Yeah, um, my regular co-host, he couldn't make it today, but uh, he he wanted to ask you a question. He's he's noticed that a lot of your pictures, you are not wearing batting gloves. Uh, are you one of those people that just don't wear batting gloves?
0: Yeah, I just don't. I just don't like the way they feel, and uh, I got pretty I got pretty rough hands as it is, so my hands don't callous up or anything. I tried I tried using batting gloves a couple of times, and my hands actually blister. So I don't I don't okay. know how guys do it. But yeah, I just like to feel that having the bat in my hand.
1: So, no Moises Alou uh, treatment where you go in the bathroom and pee on your hands? No.
0: Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, okay, Moises so. Alou can save all that for himself. yeah i remember hearing
1: that the first time i'm
2: like he does what well you know um it's interesting that you bring that up because you know i notice every time evan gaddis gets up you know he just looks like a lumberjack with rubbing the dirt in his bare hands and then when preston tucker was with the astros um he was he was a bare-handed batter and and he just looked his hands just looked rough like he was like he was raised on a farm and so right
1: yeah so uh yeah one of the things I like to ask is, um, I know you were drafted in 2016, I think it was. Um, no. Yep. Yeah. Um, I like to ask where you were when you found out you were drafted, and what were you, what was your first thought?
0: I was at home in uh, Danville, Illinois. I was actually in my room. Yeah. The the draft was a little emotional for me, honestly. Um, I was expecting to get drafted the the second day, you know, around. Around you know rounds eight to ten, and uh, I didn't get a call. I'm like, oh shoot, I don't know if I'll be able to get a chance to get drafted. And just all this stuff is running through my head. Then the third day comes by, and I get drafted in twenty first round. And time's just ticking, time's ticking, and I'm I'm on the verge of saying ah, I'm going back to school, you know. And then uh and then the Astros called me. I'm I'm just in my room, sitting down. I'm kind of bummed out, honestly. The Astros called me, and uh. Say hey man, would you sign for x amount of dollars? blah, blah blah I'm like, oh heck, yeah I will you know, <laughs> real excited, and then you know, and then like two three minutes later, I get a call say hey you've been you've been drafted by the Houston Astros in the twenty first round I'm like yes, you know i'm I'm, I'm pumped, I'm excited, and um I immediately go downstairs to my parents' room and I tell them I just got drafted. And then they they were just it's it's you can't you know you can't write it up it's just it's priceless to look on their faces they were so excited for me some tears were shed it was awesome
1: I'm not just saying that but that was the best story I've heard of a, a prospect say I mean uh, that's what I want to hear I want to hear the emotion I want to hear like oh crap I didn't think I was going to be drafted and all that so uh, thanks Chucky you just made my day so
2: yeah that's yeah, yeah. that's great because you know we live in the world where we see the ESPN NFL drafts and the guys are already there and they're all expected and, you know, but yeah, that is great. I mean, you're like literally in your room just thinking, well, I'm going back to school, you know, we got to. Yeah,
0: I literally, go yeah, take I a literally job, the go to the... calling my coach. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, did you have any contact
1: with the Astros before the draft? Did they show any interest in you?
0: Uh, No, no, I didn't really there was a there's a few other teams that were you know kind of on my coattail a little bit but okay. as far as the astros go no not at all they kind of kind of blindsided me when they said the astros but hey i'm glad they glad they gave me the opportunity yeah and we're glad to
1: have you in the system and we look forward to um to seeing where you go this year i'm assuming it would be uh Bowie's creek have, have you heard anything yet
0: I haven't heard anything. I would assume the same. Maybe Booby's Creek, yeah. and hopefully I can I can move up from there. So,
1: yeah, hopefully we can see you in Corpus this year, so we can go down and uh, meet you. But um, uh, one thing I would like to ask before we let you go is uh, give us three things to know about
0: Chucky Robinson. Three things, huh? Um, well, right now I'm i uh, I'm in the middle of trying to figure out how to solve a Rubik's cube. So that's been taking <laughs> up a lot that's been, that's been taking up a lot of my time. I almost I almost got it down pat. Uh I I so hey, I've solved it once, so I guess I like puzzles. Um what else? I eat a lot of I eat a lot of crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> that's like my favorite thing to eat, is crunchy peanut butter. And then um uh I actually cut hair. So uh, on the road and whatever affiliate I'm with I'm like the team barber you know I cut the staff I cut the I cut all the players so something kind of unique
1: All right you did you I have to do this okay do you think Yuli Gurriel is going to come to you uh to get his haircut
0: um I don't know I don't know <laughs> I honestly I'll honestly be a little, a little nervous you know c- cutting a, a big leaguer's head you know, you don't, you don't want to mess up. <laughs> so, Do you know how he gets the hair to stick up? I have no clue. That that's a mystery in <laughs> itself. So. I don't know. What? I have no clue so, at all.
2: So yeah, I mean, you could get a you could get a sweet um a sweet like barber nickname called like fresh cut Chucky or something like that or fresh cut Chuck, you know, and come up on um, MLB Players Day and have your own uniform. You know, that that seems like um. A pretty good deal. Or maybe maybe if you make it over to double A, maybe Eric and I can come down and just get really shagged out and you
0: just like cut our hair for us.
1: <laughs> sounds like a plan.
0: Uh, yeah, it sounds like a plan, man. If we get t shirts made and everything. It'd be awesome. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, uh we're not gonna take up too much more of your time, but we would love to do this again and um uh good luck the rest of the spring and we hope we to see you at Boobies Creek.
0: Okay, thank you guys.
1: All right, thank you, Chucky. Yeah, Chucky, good luck.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: All right. Bye. All right, that was awesome.
2: I That was.
0: That I was?
1: haven't had a really good interview in a, a while. I mean, uh, we had a, a good interview the other day with um I I've had a migraine all day. I can't even remember who we had on. It was um JJ uh and, Okay. And and uh he was an awesome guy, but uh the, I just I like Chucky. Chucky's my new best friend.
2: Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, know what I mean. You know, Chucky is, Chucky is down to earth. And something, something I love about the sport of baseball is you see so many guys because there are so many rounds, you know, 21st round. But if you look in Major League history about guys who were picked in the 31st round or the 50th round, you know, all these guys. And you can literally come from any round pick and make it. If you have the right path, the right pedigree, the right work ethic um he seems to have a great personality right. um you know and seems to be in it for the long haul like he's not just like well i made it and so we'll kind of see how this works out i think he's got his i think he's got his hopes set on the major leagues
1: you need to have some cockiness in the big leagues and you have you like the way he said yeah i was expecting going eighth round and i was kind of disappointed uh some people would just say Holy crap! I just got drafted into 21st round. I'ma be a a professional baseball player. Exactly. But he's just like, oh man, I, I wanted to be in the. I thought I was gonna be in the eighth round. And but there's nothing wrong 21st round. What Mike Piazza is, what the 35th or something round. So you, you never know what you get. And uh, I I like the behind the scenes uh, look he kind of gave us. The Astros called him said, hey, will you play for this much money? And he's like, sure. Yeah.
2: And then he didn't even know. He's like, okay, well, i just talk to him. But, and then yeah. he's like, oh, by the way, I got drafted.
1: Yeah. You know? And how
2: cool is that Like in your room? Right. You know?
1: So uh, let's go ahead and go back and go over some stuff in the last eight minutes or nine minutes of uh, the show. We had a little issue earlier. I'm not sure if you heard everything, but let's not go too deep into it. Okay. Who do you think wins, Tyler White or J.D. Davis, as the temporary first baseman slash utility
2: guy? If you don't promise to hold me to it?
1: Uh this is on the radio or this okay. is on podcast so
2: I'm going to go I'm going to go Tyler White. Like for some reason deep down my subconscious wants me to go with JD Davis. But Tyler White, I just I want st- to I want to go back to that first his first stint in the major leagues where he was just just hitting the cover off the ball. Right. And I think he can do it. He's got he's got the body type and like you said, he has been playing some second base. So apparently they've got a mind for him. To be a versatile utility type fielder, because mm-hmm. Marwin can't do it all. You want to you want to put Marwin in a couple key places. I think Tyler wins out. If they're trying him at other positions, they're probably giving him a little bit more of a look right. than JD Davis. But that's my prediction.
1: If you read Jay Kaplan stuff, I don't know if you subscribe to Athletic, but I actually did because he went over there because I like his writing. But he really thinks it's JD Davis, and mm-hmm. really. I mean, he uh, like even he wrote that article. That's the article I was reading earlier. He said that even though he thinks it's one uh, A and one B between the two of them, at the end you see J D Davis is is probably going to be the one who wins, and that's that's what I I feel like. I mean, Tyler White, if he wins, great. I like Tyler White. He we've been he's been on Talking Strode several times. I've met him in person. He's a nice guy. Uh, I think that. Uh, he's maybe a little limited in in power department. Yeah, he showed some power, but uh, he, last year he kind of when he came up he was kind of looking really good. I mean, he was hitting doubles left and right, and he could be a good hitter. But that wow factor is J D Davis, and that also is the reason why they may not bring him up because you don't want to bring one year top. I think he's still qualified as a prospect, but you don't want to bring your young guy up here and then send him on the bench. right? And so uh, you're going to want to play him. And so that's why I think they also sent A.J. Reed down. Yes, he's not flexible to play other positions, but also you, don't want, you want him to get hot. And so if there's a big injury, you, you, he can come up. Or if Max Stassi shows it's not worth having a third catcher. And then they say, okay, Gaddis can just catch and we can worry about the DH if we lose the DH. But A.J. Reed, Tyler White, and J.D. Davis, they're all going to have a part this season, I think, with the Astros.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, and, and I agree 100%. I, I really think it's a toss-up. Um, but J.D. Davis does have some very strong attributes that are hard to deny. His upside offensively, I think, is huge for him. And he's shown the ability to hit. So that's what is, I think, so enjoyable about baseball is it's like a chess match. Um, You know, and A.J. Hinch, I think, has become such a student as a manager of the game that he thinks long and hard, I think. He contemplates who he's bringing up, like you said, looking at why would we want to bring up a guy that's going to come up here and sit, but he's a definite prospect. Then we get someone else to kind of milk those innings until that spot is more widely open for them.
1: All right, they need to pick a winner because we haven't even talked about AJ uh, Altuve's contract.
2: Oh, that's right.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, we got five minutes in the show, and we've that's kind of a big deal. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I know on Talking Shows we talk about it a lot, and it's not really a big surprise. Um, my co-host Brandon has said it's going to take thirty million a year. To get him, and that's basically what it was. Yes, some of the money was moved up to the front. So uh, I think they added 11 million to his salary this year. Yes, and they added 10 million to his salary next year. Right. And then I think his other uh, seasons are going to be about 23 or 24 or something around there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and you know I'm glad they jumped on this now because Scott Boris is his agent. But I don't know if you watched the press conference the other day. They held at the West Palm Stadium. But Scott Boris said we had every intention of keeping him in an Astros uniform. Right. And, you know, agents are hard to believe and trust if you've watched Jerry Maguire. But I I believe because Altuve is who he is. And I don't believe
1: uh, Boris. I
2: believe in Altuve. Right, right. R- no, but what I'm saying is that because Boris said that is because Altuve told him, right. I want to be an Astro.
1: Yeah, I, I don't and think – I, I don't mean – don't t- don't hold me to this, but I don't think Keiko is saying the same thing. No. I, I think he – I mean I know Altuve got that money. Uh, he got that money, but, Altu- but Keiko, I don't think he's going to be as willing to – not that Altuve bent any. Uh, he did get a lot of money, but I don't think Keiko is going to be so – oh, well, I'm okay to stay. I mean, if they win another World Series and he wants to be part of that dynasty, then yeah, maybe he he'll go and say, yeah, I want to stay. But I don't I don't really know what he's gonna do at this point. And I I'm ready. I'm I'm not. I don't want him to leave. I want him to stay. I I wish we would do the same thing. I think a three year deal extension would work. Maybe with him. Maybe a four year deal. But. Pitchers aren't going to get that much money that that long in the contracts anymore.
2: No, and Keuchel will garner a massive amount on the free agent market because of his career. Now, we have to be honest. Keuchel has outperformed and outpitched every expectation coming into when he first came up with the Astros. No one's like, oh, there's the next Cy Young. No, no one was saying that. It's because he didn't have beard. Yeah, let me tell you something. (laughs) There's 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 power in the beard. But let me just wrap the um you know the. You know the Dallas Keuchel thing. Up, he just doesn't come across to me as a guy who is sold out and reserved. To I want to, I want to, I want to retire an Astro. He just right. some guys are, some guys aren't, and and that's not a slight on Dallas Keuchel. You know Dallas Keuchel is gonna get the most of his value that he can get. and yeah. You know what? You can't slight the guy because when he's been here, he's given his all.
1: Yeah, when my wife watches that World Series video for the 50th time, and I, I mean, I'm not tired of it, but seeing Altuve and Correa together, I kind of think that Correa will probably stay, be the one who gets the longer contract with Altuve. He could, I'm not saying they'll be the next, uh, Altuve, I mean, bid Bagwell, but Correa may be more willing to stay than Springer will. And uh, we, I don't know anything about these guys, but I just I see the relationship between Altuve and Correa. Yeah, I'm sure he likes everybody, but he, he just got this bond with Correa, uh, with Correa.
2: I mean, he he literally loves Carlos Correa, even though no, he's not he, actually it's Verlander.
1: But <laughs> anyway, so
2: let's uh in the last minute and a half, let's talk
1: about what's with the ass. yesterday for some odd reason. Justin Verlander decided to go out and pitch seven main, meaningless uh, – meaningless, I can't even say it – meaningless innings, and uh, he shut out the Mets. Seven, uh, he it only allowed five hits. He struck out three hitters, and he was under control. Why waste those innings? Just pitch five. You're good. No, I know.
2: I yeah, well, that's yeah, okay. I th- I think he's got plenty to think, but I understand what you say. Yeah. You don't want to waste all your good pitches. And
1: Correa swing. hit a homer so hard that the camera guy couldn't even follow up. Did you see that?
2: I did see that. Yeah. He he has a
1: moonshot. And Mister, a lot of people are worried about Mr. Lance McCullers. He did really good today. He pitched five innings, had six strikeouts, and he has a 0.50 ERA for the uh, preseason.
2: And he has not been using his curveball because he wants to save it for the season. Right. And the last thing before we go is Mr.
1: Josh Reddick had a field day today versus a left-hand pitcher. So yes, uh, monsters do exist, or what's a good phrase?
2: Um, Bigfoot's real.
1: Yeah. Okay. Bigfoot.
2: There. All right.
1: So <laughs> guys, that's enough. That's gonna be all for this edition of CTH podcast. Hopefully you recorded the first part. If not, I apologize. But you did get the awesome Chucky e. Robinson. Uh, interview
2: and anything last words and hey thank you eric for having me on i appreciate it hopefully we we do some more in the future i will talk to you next week